This is Theory for Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Matt, and that's Ryan. Ryan, get some bubble gum in this motherfucker or something. Matt, it's the bow to the wow, creeping and crawling. (laughs) We are talking about uh, Doggy Style, Snoop Dogg's debut album, uh, Dr. Dre producing, uh, The Dog Pound collaborating, and uh, and an album that was a sort of seminal document, I think, in both of our childhoods, though though we have different relationships to it. I We had this album, my brother and I. It was actually his. He was two years younger. He would have been like 12 at the time. Uh, 11 maybe 12 uh, or 12 at the time that this came out and uh, he had it he listened to it he was much more into early 90s west coast hip-hop uh, than I was because I was as you know listening to my beloved female singer songwriters and <laughs> and angsting away um, you know I <laughs> in other words I did love them hoes and <laughs> and so the uh, you know but he had it and it was uh, played a lot in in the the house though never at too high a volume because I, our you know mother our single mother was trying uh, valiantly uh, and ultimately i think successfully to uh, indoctrinate us with a little bit uh, a, a li- whatever feminism you can get into uh, uh, 11 and th- your 11 and 13 year old sons in the the you know maelstrom of of puberty and uh, and so many sexy dog butts everywhere uh, <laughs> so uh, you know we did the, we we would like pull out the the comic from the the booklet jacket and unfold it and like furtively look at it and unless we we heard like movement in the other side of the house in which case we would put it uh, uh we would put it back in into the thing <laughs> anyway uh but but you had this was uh this was contraband in the Sheely household growing oh, up. oh yeah absolutely i mean i think we had a pretty strong um nothing with the parental and ad- my but my par- my parentals took the advisory very seriously <laughs> Um, and so, uh, but our, uh, cousin, my, I have a cousin, um, who is, uh, about three or four years older, um, than me. So who was, um, well into teen years, uh, in this time, I'm about the same age as your brother. So I was, um, I was 12 in 1993 when this album came out, my cousin was much more 15 or 16. Um, and so, um, uh, and, uh, and so did not have as close parental oversight. So, um, yeah, so my cousin's house was the land of the parental advisory stickers, and so that was where the um, both the uh, the the R-rated rap, uh, as well as I mean, um, you know, Nine Inch Nails and anything that had the sticker on it of any genre uh, resided there. So I was definitely very familiar with it, um, but I had even um, even fewer and more furtive encounters uh, with this uh, with this album. And I, I think this is interesting. Um, just you know, we're in an, a mini arc right now right of um this is the third consecutive week in which we're covering a seminal album of the early 90s i mean we're actually taking a step back in time right so last week we did elmatic which is actually 94 um but i think after two doing two weeks of these um really central um new york albums that that the 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 west coast has been the elephant in the room and we we skipped uh dr dre's the chronic uh which i believe is a 92 album uh, uh earlier in part because Dr. Dre is too good for Spotify. Um, so, <laughs> so we, so, so, uh, so fuck that guy. Um, yeah, it must and, be nice. 
Yeah, yeah. Fuck that guy and his beats uh, and his Apple Music. <laughs> um, but uh, but Snoop uh, is is still there, and it's it's come up in some of the comment threads. Um, listener Rich, I know, uh, brought up kind of the contrast between the West Coast sound and uh, Wu Tang uh, in the comment thread for that episode, and we talked about it a little bit also with uh, with Illmatic, and so it seemed right to take um, one step back, uh, and especially this was like a late '93 album that uh, and the, a lot of the singles and airplay spilled into 94. So uh, it's, it's worth kind of taking this step back as we kind of look at both sides of what is going on in, in hip hop um, kind of on both coasts uh, at, uh, at this period. Um, and this was, uh, um, and, and I think as we said uh, in previous weeks, uh, I was late comers, much later comers to both Wu-Tang and, uh, and Nas, whereas this is uh, an album that I had more familiarity with, even if it was um, on a contraband basis at the time. And I think that's, I think, interesting as well. And it says something about, you know, if it was reaching the tweens and teens, uh, then it says something about the, um, the, the overall pop culture penetration of this album, um, vis-a-vis these other, um, uh, hip hop albums. Yeah. I, I mean, and that'll serve as a preamble. It's, uh, it's 50 minutes long. So it's, uh, you know, it's a good, um, I don't know. It's a, a good uh, jog length if you wanna if you wanna go out. Uh, it's maybe a little too too laid back to jog to, don't you think? Oh, uh, you know, it, it's a good. Well, I think it depends on. Um it's an interesting thing. It's both laid back and yet the running pace that would be a running pace. Um, it's either too slow if you're going on the beat, but too fast if you're going kind of on the double time on the eighth notes. So it's a, yeah, I think that for exercise, um, the tempo doesn't really totally um, go with that. It's good. It's weirdly a good. Um, it's good. It's good for yoga, but it's kind of nasty yoga. <laughs> <laughs> well, nasty yoga is definitely what the uh, what the cartoon illustrations right. on the 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 CD insert depict. All right, so have a have a listen to uh, Doggy Style. And uh, and meet us back here uh, after you have and after these words from our commercial sponsor. Are you looking to get drunk but also prevent scurvy? Yes, absolutely. I'm I'm uh, perilously uh, low on vitamin C uh, because I've been at sea. Uh, I'm I'm in fact a pirate actually, and I I, my two uh, chief interests are drunkenness and preventing scurvy. Well, what are you, uh, may I ask, are you mixing your gin with? Well, uh, you know, sometimes we get, uh, sometimes we get, uh, various kinds of spices that I use to make artisanal pirate cocktails. Uh, you know, we, we steal them from the fleet. Uh, and, and sometimes there are, there are other kinds of, of alcohol. Sometimes we use gin to fortify wine. We make various, uh, kinds of, of grog. And we, we consider that these are all the possibilities that you could mix gin with. Uh, yes, the iced tea of the longest island. Um, but might I recommend juice? What? Yes, this the 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 magical squeezinings of the fruit of the trees can not only be uh, drunk drank on their own, but can be mixed with your gin to both uh, help it go down a little smoother and prevent that pernicious scurvy. Oh my, shiver me timbers, uh, shiver me timbers! This this uh, both supports and uh, uh, degrades my health. 
That's right. Juice with your gin, you'll be fitting in. <laughs> and we're back. Ryan, I have a question. Good. 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 Hit me. Hit me one time. <laughs> What's my name? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> a, a qualified yes. <laughs> um, I... I uh... You know, I I don't know. It had been since I was a teenager, really, uh, since I certainly listened to I mean, Gin and Juice comes on from time to time, uh, you know, in in what in like retro uh, mixes of playlists of, of some kind or like greatest hits playlists of, of of certain kinds. But like going deep into the um album cuts here it had been it had been a minute and like th- thinking about sort of what he i don't know I, thinking about what makes this west coast sound or what makes this this album unique is is uh it it was immediately apparent and i guess it's not that hard to um uh it's not that hard to uh, uh, qualify right like there's there's a sort of m- much more laid back um much more laid back uh uh character to to like a lot of beats um a lot of the music is foregrounded in a way that that it isn't or so you know i don't know like uh, the some of the the riz's production on uh enter the wu-tang is almost like steve reich like in terms of its mm-hmm. you know in, in terms of its kind of alienating jangle it's like the 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 samples are not cut at uh, uh, not cut at a place that is is meant to have kind of maximum smoothness. You know what I mean? Like there, the the samples are chopped up, and some of the loops that become the the rhythmic beds um, for the uh, for the tracks on that record are cut in such a way that that it really foregrounds the 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 process of cutting right and and the the loops tend to be shorter so that like if there's I, and i just i keep thinking of steve reich i keep thinking of like come out to show you come out to show you come out to show you where there's like a strong kind of hit over the head um pretty frequently in mm. in a lot of those and this like the the samples seem to be in eight and 16 bar yeah. chunks yeah. You know what I mean? And it's almost yeah. like rather than, yeah. you know, rather than collage, this almost seems to be more like quilting or something like this, where the the um, the uh, the different pieces are put together in kind of uniform fashion. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. With mm-hmm. with difference, not for not foregrounded, but kind of shaved away. Uh, shaved away, and then there's like a whole other melodic layer, yeah. you know, on on top with like Dre synthesizers yep. and some of the like the whistly kind the, of yeah. sounds, yeah. the G funk whistle, right? Yeah, exactly, and that like sort of creating these creating these kind of laid back, um, these sort of laid back California style, uh, uh, hooks. I don't know what, I mean, what else would you, you know, in, in, in other words, what, what I'm saying is in, in saying, what's my name, it's a little bit like, 
what's my identity? You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, what is the identity of this music? Um, that I, I don't know. For starters, that's what I think. I, I, what What are some of your thoughts on the on the like the sound? Um, yeah. And and how it how it differs from what we've been talking about? Yeah, I think that this is this is great. I, I think that um, I mean, I love the idea of the you know the 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 Long Beach uh, gangsta quilt, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, is 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 what this is? Um, and I think that's right. Uh, in that, right in a quilt, you have patterns, and you—it's not—it's not a blanket, right? Um, exactly, because there is texture, but there are more uniform um, textures. But it's yeah, it's—it's um, it's like a balance between heterogeneity and uniformity, right? Because like the different patches that make up the quilt, but they're all cut into the same size square. Exactly, and and I think that you're exactly right. That compared to um, like Wu Tang, right, where it's it, it, and the, the the word one of the words that you I think you used is something akin to chopping, and I think it's really telling because like right that the uh, uh, Method Man raps uh, the RZA the Razor, right, um, and and that's right there, right. In addition to being kind of you know, the sharpness, this idea, this aesthetic of cutting, uh, and chopping is right there. Um, and you have all of the swords, all the Wu Tang swords throughout. Um, and then, uh, in similarly, you say that Wu Tang was not, you know, cut and edited, um, produced for, um, maximum smoothness and uh there's a line in in cream um where they say uh times uh, rough and tough like leather right and so this idea of of roughness um and sharpness is is absolutely there and it is it is really interesting because there are samples right that these are you know jazz and soul songs that are sampled uh for wu-tang but it's it's just like this it's it's like breaking a glass bottle and picking the most esoteric piece of that. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, and, and then making your, it's like, Oh, I made you a quilt. Oh, oh really? Let me see it. And it's just like one piece of glass over and over again. <laughs> um, I made you a quilt to stab yourself with. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and, and you're absolutely right that, um, that, and, and so I, I love the idea that in that contrast that there is something about the production of the production sound of um of of, of G Funk and of Doggy Style in particular um, that has that is produced for maximum smoothness. <laughs> um, and but I think what's really interesting, right, is that. It is, and, and, and that produces uh, something that we've identified as a laid back vibe. But I think we should put something, um, I mean, so here's like the corollary question though. And I think this is actually an interesting, um, uh, uh, like more yes, no question uh, of our, our conventional type uh, that this leads to is that, is, is this a laid back album? That's an interesting, yeah, that, I mean, that is an interesting question. I think like, uh, it isn't. I mean, it isn't. It isn't. Like I. I sort of. I. Yeah. Mm. I in in the the Wu Tang album. There's a little more. There's a little more of something that I I bring up from time to time and call the tragic sense. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I, it, it has to do with the sense of the limits of agency, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that that like there is a little more social realism. I think in uh, in the Wu Tang album and the kind of the macho bragging and the um, 
you know, the kind of competition, either the kind of the low key competition among friends or the like, uh, or the kind of struggle to survive type competition, uh, that enters their lyrics from time to time, right? Like these things all are situated within, you know, within a social context, right? Within like the land of Shaolin, which, you know, which is Staten Island, right? And is like, is a real place, you know? And there's something about California, right? There's something about the idea of... Uh, there's something about the idea of California that's as much a myth uh, as it is a uh, as it is a real place. And so the um, though though you know I don't know like it's certainly not uh, without um, run-ins with the law or you know. Um, uh, the the gangsta part of gangsta rap, right? Like uh, some kind, sometimes in like a, in a more a more direct way than uh, than some of the East Coast stuff, which which doesn't really which sort of focuses on it as like a necessary evil uh, rather than as a domain of excellence, right? Um, Though I may be overstating that, but, but, but I just, I mean, I sort of have a sense that like that is, it's not laid back because it's so concerned with its own myth-making, right? Uh, I I want, I want to be the best gangsta. I want to be the most misogynistic, right? I want to be the highest, right? I want, there, there is this. Also, uh, I want to be the most dead, right? He dies. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Snoop Dogg dies. (laughs) (laughs) And then he rises again. (laughs) Uh, on on the third day, um, um, right? But like in the middle of the album, right? On murder was the case. Yeah, uh, this actually relates to the um, you know what's your motherfucking name um, question. Um, is that there are many times um, in this in the, this album in like a huge number of the skits that it is someone asks. Uh, are you Snoop Dogg? Um, actually, I mean, wow, is all of Doggy Style actually a recreation of the of the Passion of the Christ? Right, I think absolutely. It, I, I think it may be, three right? T- because <laughs> three yeah. times, yeah, yeah. Father, if it is possible, let this cup of gin and juice pass by me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. but even so, not as not as I will as thou wilt. Well, right, because so in the skit for Murder Was the Case, right? These two guys um, come and are like, hey. Uh, you know, isn't that Snoop Dogg over there? Yeah, that's him. All right, let's roll up on the side of them. Hand me my Glock, right? And they and they they shoot Snoop Dogg, right? And they say, "Hey, man, are you Snoop Dogg? Man, he's Snoop Dogg. Fuck him!" <laughs> and and they shoot him, right? Um, and and so, um, and 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 I think that that is this um, kind of and and there are other places where you know there's um, somebody else's girlfriend comes up and is like, "Are you Snoop Dogg?" Right? Um, and uh, and and in that case, you know, being Snoop Dogg is different, right? It is it is being Snoop Dogg that um, so being Snoop Dogg, yes, gets you um, women, yes, gets you high, um, but it also gets you dead. It also gets you dead, right? There's, there's a theological mystery in which, you know, the, the like, you can be all human and all... Uh, all Snoop Dogg at the same time, right? Like, and, and uh, there's a there's a uh, old heresy called Monophysitism uh, <laughs> that holds that uh, that 
uh, sure, Jesus was divine and human, but really he was just divine. You know, really right. he was just, and, and, and the, the whole point of the incarnation is that like, it is this, uh, you know, um, like it's like a you know good indica sativa blend you know it's a uh, it's neither one thing uh, nor the other it's both things completely simultaneously and and you know we don't want to be uh, Snoop Dogg monophysitists right like uh, uh, but but there is I mean so like a couple things about this I think all of this asking um, like if you have to ask what's my name. You know, uh, though, though it seems, um, uh, it seems like a power move there, there could be a little bit of insecurity read into it, right? Like <laughs> you have to, uh, like, and not like, I don't know my name, but like, uh, I need you to verify my status, right? Like, and that there's a, a bit of status consciousness and insecurity about that, which is not a laid back, uh, mm-hmm. not a laid back thing. There's also a sense in which like, maybe he doesn't know whether he's achieved Snoop Dogg, you know, some, uh, are born Snoop Dogg, some achieve dogginess and some have Snoop Dogginess thrust upon them. And like, maybe he's not, not sure, uh, whether he's achieved like full Snoop Dogg status, which, which is interesting because it, that implies that, um, uh, Snoop Dogginess exists a priori, uh, you know, before, um, before there are Snoop Dogs, there is Snoop Dogg, uh, Snoop Dogg Ness. And, and this is like, <laughs> this is sort of a source of anxiety, I think. I mean, I'm only half, I'm only half joking because I think there is, as, as I say, like in a straightforward way, it's kind of a concern and an anxiety about myth making. Um, you know, uh, that is, uh, that's here. You know, I, I, uh, I was listening to this earlier today and Spotify had forgotten to put the, uh, my phone onto loop. And if right. you don't do that, Spotify will just start creating a custom mix for you. Right. Um, and so then it started immediately playing third eye blind, uh, and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and closing time afterwards. Right. <laughs> just it's identical to the counting crows. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it did. No, it, it started playing nine inch nails. Actually, it was all parental advisory. And, and <laughs> I thought it was, I thought Snoop Dogg was going to come in rapping over. I want to fuck you like an animal uh, from, from the back. <laughs> right. Um, no, it played uh, legend from, I, I guess last year that it was a, a single off of of the record that came out last year. Um I yeah, and and I didn't know it. And a little bit in the kind of half paying attention uh state I was in, I was like, um Oh wow, this is a much more interesting song than anything. Like this is sonically different, the flow is very different. It's much more much more modern. It's much more post Kanye hip hop, right? Like uh So th- legend the, the, the Drake song you said? Uh the No, um or Mm-mm-mm. Uh, Snoop Dogg. Oh, okay. Snoop. I'll, I'll put a. I'll put a, a link in the show notes. Um, it's uh, it's off of Kool Aid, uh, which is uh, the 
uh, rap album from, let's see, here's the marketing copy. Kool-Aid is the first rap slash hip hop album from Snoop Dogg in five years. Uh, since his last rap album, Dogumentary, uh, it features production from Swiss Beats and uh, features from Wiz Khalifa, uh, dropped on July 1st, 2016. And uh, it has a 5.8 from Pitchfork. Nice. <laughs> but I was listening to this song and I, uh, uh, it actually like, it was a nice, I don't know. It was a nice kind of modern hip hop palate cleanser, I guess, uh, after, you know, it transported me back to the present, but, but like, here's my point in the, um, in the state that I was in, right. Like kind of half paying attention, it was not totally out of the question that this could just be a very kind of forward sounding thing because the concern like i the most of the lyrics are i'm a legend i'm a legend i'm a motherfucking legend right and it has that same you know it has that same concern with uh with myth making not by not by deeds right um Mm. but by but by very existence you know uh, by by being, it's not a it's a it's a uh, it's a uh, Snoop Dogg is is a Snoop Dogg of being, not a Snoop Dogg of becoming. Well, and I think that that I think that this is um, useful because I think the context for uh, for Snoop Dogg for Doggy Style is in the context of him kind of arriving fully formed, right? And so that, you know, his first appearance um, is on Dr. Dre's um, soundtrack uh, cut, uh, 187. Um, and then he's, and and he appears sort of out of nowhere, right? So that, you know, you Dr. Dre was known through NWA um, and then did 187 uh, from the, the soundtrack for Deep Cover and Snoop Dogg appears there um, and then is is all over the chronic and is really you know nearly you know i mean you know either co-star or star of of the chronic right um which is another i mean it's another kind of mythological thing it's like springing fully formed from the head of dr dre right 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 exactly and so but i think that what's what's really interesting is that so he already exists and so that um it's this interesting idea of you know why the lead single is um you know poses the question of uh you know of of what's my name right and and who am i right because it's like well you already know right um and uh and 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 i think that that's um it's it's very interesting because he's already there and is already i mean right like you say like the song legend could have already been written at this time um is because he was already legendary (laughs) yeah Um, uh i mean that's an interesting thing like the the i going back um Kind of looking back in retrospect, you know the uh, the straight out of Compton biopic from what last year or the year before, uh, recently about a year and a half ago, yeah, yeah about that um, was uh, sort of placed this rhetorically as kind of a decline in Dre's yeah. career, you know, whereas like the real stuff, the good stuff was the NWA stuff. Uh, rather than this uh rather than this sort of g-funk um stuff and like the idea you know the idea was that he was like sort of sitting in his mansion and and it was not uh it was not he was not keeping it real you know uh and 
I, you know, I don't know. I, I, this album was super popular. It probably doesn't make it, uh, probably doesn't make sense to have it call, uh, to call it a, um, uh, to call it a decline by any stretch of the imagination, uh, four times platinum in, uh, in the United States, uh, and, you know, similar kinds of achievements, uh, all over the world. Um, chart topping uh number one on the billboard 200 and obviously number one on the the if it if it's that it's also number one on the on the r&b hip-hop chart uh as well and this is like um you know i i i don't know it was it was a uh it was a hell of a it was a hell of a thing and like it 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 was a crossover success as well as being uh you know um, as because like you and me, a bunch of like suburban white kids were sort of listening, were like listening carefully, uh, listening carefully to this record and absorbing its, its many lessons about, uh, you know, nonviolent conflict resolution and equality of the sexes and, and so on. I mean, it is interesting, right? That there is a, a I, I'm, I'm thinking about the lyrics on the G funk intro, right? The, um, the first song of the, uh, uh, on the album, um, it's kind of a pre song, but it's like the first musical introduction after the bathtub sketch, which I still do not understand. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, wait, 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 I'm sorry. Uh, like, I'm sorry to hijack you, but like, no, 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 this is, this no. is a good point, right? Like, okay. <laughs> so, um, Snoop Dogg and, and someone who is identified in the, in the genius transcription as woman, Right, are in the bathtub. Correct. Uh, and um, Snoop Dogg requests a back rub. Correct. Right, uh, and and then before the back rub commences, requests that she puts on some music. Yes. Uh, uh, some of that old gangsta shit. Yes. And then the doorbell rings. Correct. And it's Warren G. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. There. Yep. Right. Yep. Okay. That's and that's it. Right. Like, so. Oh, so here is my question: <laughs> When Snoop Dogg enters the door, is he naked? <laughs> Wait. Doesn't he? Uh, doesn't he send the woman? Doesn't he send woman to uh, uh, open the door? She says, "You want me to get that for you?" Uh, and he says, "Yeah, handle that shit for me." And she says, "I. Right, I'll be right back." Uh, I see. So then, uh, okay, okay, okay. That, so he great. remains in the bath. He, he remains receives, in the bath. Yeah, Snoop receives visitors in the bath. Right. <laughs> right, okay. This is helpful. This is helpful. <laughs> I suppose, um, right, and then, and then uh, that, you know, then it's, it becomes a little more conventional with, with Snoop and, and Warren G. Uh, but like, what a, what a way, I mean, I, I'm not quite sure how, what it does to the record for it to start in that, uh, in that particular way. But then we go into the, the second kind of pre-song skit kind of thing. Um, which ends, uh, which ends with someone, um, with someone saying, uh, man, I got a piss so that, that, that first sound in gin and juice, which I had always for years thought was, you know, pouring a glass of gin and juice, right. Pouring it into you. I mean, cup. in a way it is, it's the great, the great circle of gin and juice. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to hijack you. No, 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 what did you want good. to say about the G Funk intro? No, but I think this is this is related. Um, 
because I, what I wanted to say is about the um, the the what's what Snoop Dogg says um, near the end, and in Snoop Dogg's first appearance rapping uh, is um, this is just a small introduction to the G Funk era. Every day of my life, I take a, a glimpse in the mirror and I see motherfuckers trying to be like me. Ever since I put it down with the DRE, um, and I think that. I mean, you know, I think that the, that the the reason that the NWA movie depicts the G-Funk era as a decline is that it's not the Snoop Dogg movie, <laughs> right? Sure. Uh, uh, right. And uh, and 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 I, I think that once um, once uh, Snoop Dogg is uh, is uh, uh, is rising, then um, there it's already NWA has is gone. Right. And, and we're already in the kind of um, I mean, even though it, that comes near a midpoint of the movie, um, we're already kind of um, the, the 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 shard. We're already in the shards of, of uh, N.W.A. And it's right that the N.W.A. era has ended and the G-Funk era has begun, which is, is different and and um, and necessarily entails um, entails Snoop Dogg. Right. And so, I mean, I think that, you know. I think what's really interesting, I mean, among a lot of the things, right? So for all of the like the fact that the um, you know the woman in the bathtub sketch is introduced as woman, the first rapping on the album is by a woman. Hmm. Hmm. Right, um, is is by uh, the Lady of Rage, um, and uh, and she you know she had a hit uh, song uh, called uh, Afro Puffs, um, which you may have heard, um, and but she she appears I believe a few times on this album, um, and uh, and and right the first rap line I'm sipping on Tanqueray with my mind on my money uh, and my mouth uh, uh, full of ganja, right, and um, and and I think that part of what is interesting there is that. And I don't know. I don't know what to make of this, right? That um, that I there, there's something really interesting is that at least in the sequence of the album, the idea of um, one's mind being on, like in some ways, she's doing all of the same things that Snoop Dogg is doing, um, and she is introducing them, right? Um, and she is giving you the introduction to the G Funk era, um, and and I don't know what do you make of that? Um, and and because I think that I guess part of what I'm you know in um, it, I, I think it's like right so uh, that that I think it's right to think of um, the these as eras, right? So that um, like just because one era is declining doesn't mean a, a newer greater era does not rise after it um and so even with the 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 decline and fall of of the nwa empire um that uh that that a a greater um a greater era or a certainly a different era rose in its um and in, in, in its aftermath. So I think something to kind of investigate as we look into some of these songs is what constitutes the G, the G funk era. Right. Um, and, and, uh, if it is what is being introduced in this, um, uh, in this song, uh, or this intro and what is being explored throughout the album, what are the, what are the components? I mean, right? I, no. I like, I refer you to no less a, a source than, uh, than Warren G's regulate, Right, uh, where he defines G funk as funk on a whole new level. The rhythm is the bass, and the bass is the treble. 
uh, I'm not sure that means anything beyond being like uh, a clever, clever uh, sort of rhyme. Because like if the if the rhythm is the bass and the bass is the treble, then what is the what is the like the synthesizer whistle? Uh, it uh, it seems like o- fin- o- only dogs can hear it. <laughs> 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 well, no, but but there's something. Or here's one read. Here's one gloss on the uh, the bass is the treble is that the lowest is high, right? Um, is how I understand that in one in one in one meaning, right? Beyond the musical meaning is that if if the bass is the treble, then the thing that is usually at the bottom r- rises to the foreground. Um, and and I think that for all the extent to which this is, this is. Um, you know the the extent to which this is you know there 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 are party songs here there are there's a sense of being laid back there's a sense of kind of myth self myth making there is there is still a sense of of wanting to uh, of of still describing um like th- that that Snoop Dogg is not in a vacuum right and Snoop Dogg is within a time and place uh and and it is and it is you know and it is Long Beach um which is kind of established uh as a as as within an um right i mean it's uh you know this is also from um G Thang right um Compton and Long Beach uh together now you know you got trouble right um that 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 it is introduced as another um uh pole to Compton right which is the kind of center in in the NWA era um and so that that you you are kind of you know what is being created is um i i, I do think that w- you know these within the the music and within these sounds um and these kind of large personalities that are created there is still kind of a, a situation within a set of uh, you know, and it, it's not exactly, you know, it, it's not, it, it, this is a contrast with, um, Nas is Elmatic, that it's not as this kind of documentary richness of a description of, um, of, of the Queensbridge, of Queensbridge and of, of Queens more generally. Um, and it's not the kind of, um, you know, journalism from the land of Shaolin that there's some, Something else. I guess it is myth making, right? I, I guess that, that that part of what is going on um, is it. The, I mean, it, I guess it's is it is what I'm 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 coming towards. That this is kind of the this is doggy style is the um, the epic poem of the uh, of the of the G funk era, <laughs> right? That that it's about kind of the 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 founding. Uh, the 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 founding and uh and growth of the of the g-funk empire or something like that right uh-huh. in which in which the uh, the rhythm is the bass and the bass and is the treble yeah um yeah that, i mean that's it it's an interesting thing like epic poems begin with invocation to the muse right like the idea yeah. the idea that the poet is not uh in his and and yeah it's always his um frail human condition totally up to the task of unfolding whatever the uh whatever the the story's telling is uh so you ask the muse to inspire you so that you can um uh 
so that you can do a good job so that you can do justice to the material. It's sort of, it, it has its kind of apotheosis in as so many things do in Milton's paradise lost, where it's like a prayer to the Holy spirit, uh, not to some, you know, broke ass pagan muse. Um, so here it's, it's Tanqueray, right? It's, <laughs> the, 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 well, the, I was going to say that, gin. but or the muse is like, is the woman, right? Mm. That in the bathtub and mm. the, the sort of the, the back rub, the putting on the music yeah. and the opening of the door are all mm. kind of symbolic acts that yeah. have to do, you know what I mean? That have to do with kind of like the body, the mind and the spirit or something like that. Uh, the Trinity, the Trinity is the Snoop Dogg Trinity, um, because at this point, why not? And, uh, uh, and that, or yeah, or the muses, the muses Tanqueray, right? Like the, the, the sort of flow, uh, mm-hmm. the sort of flow of the, the, the flow of the gin and the juice is, um, what kind of any, what sort of enables this epic poem to take shape in the way that it does. Well, and, and, and I think that that, I think the word, the choice of flow is very interesting because that also very much describes Snoop's rapping style as well, right? And, and I think if there is a contribution, um, that rather than, and, and, and that, in the last two albums, um, and we discussed this uh, in both uh, Illmatic and, and Wu Tang, that there's you know the density of the internal rhymes and of meter yeah. uh, and of rhythm, um, is is where the focus and the action. Is. And actually, you know, in kind of talking about the maximum smoothness of the music, that is accompanied um, you know verbally by the way that the words. By the smoothness of the words, and and that mean, doesn't mean that they're indistinct, but it's that there is, and it's it's hard to describe flow, right? Uh, in the sense of of of, of flow, but it, that it is a it's. I mean, one way to describe it is a kind of a, a rhythmic musicality. Yeah, sure, <laughs> right. And and I mean, how would how would you describe it? I've I have some ideas, but like, oh, well, yeah, I, I would say it's unhurried, right? I, I mean, I call it a kind of laid back flow. Uh, you know, it's it's sort of in it, it un untroubled or sort of unmoved by the the chaos of the world around him you know and it's very hard it's hard to pull off like it's this delivery i th- i think is a real achievement um and if you don't agree try singing one of these songs at karaoke right <laughs> like and record yourself on your phone or something um and you're going to be terrible and uh you know the idea that like that uh snoop wrote a lot of these songs in the studio with dr dre and you know either extemporized or like there was a you know john darneal and the the casio cassette player like quickness you know between the idea you know between like the thought the word and the deed um that uh you know that this could just kind of roll off uh it's a really you know is a really good performer to um uh, really good performer to pull pull that off, uh, I think. Um, and and though it doesn't it doesn't allow for a lot of the um, a lot of the verbal fireworks that you sort of admire in uh, people who are maybe better technical rappers. Um, I, I I don't know. I think it deserves to be kind of. Uh, I think it deserves to be acknowledged as a real achievement. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think it is, 
<laughs> you know, that, that this idea of, you know, either flowing like the gin and juice or like the, or like the stream of urine that, that transitions into gin and juice. Um, that like, you know, that it's interesting that the, the, first sound of the main uh one of the main singles from this album is somebody peeing um because like the thing about peeing is that it just comes out of you <laughs> um right uh and that, that there is a and that you actually you actually kind of have to relax to make it happen yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly um and that uh and and so um and 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 that is and and so i i think it's not beyond it being right that, that with so many things on this album there is both kind of vulgarity um and and poetry uh at the same time right and that there is a sense of like that there is both a sense of of kind of crudeness um and a sense of um you know of of sublimity uh, of, of sublimity yeah, yeah. and yeah, and exactly. it's re- and it's real it's not like it's it's the sublimity is real and it's it's sort of uh uh it's sort of skew to the the myth making right like which i think of as as sort of more macho posturing there is this sort of sense of uh there's this sort of sense of transcendence or of kind of going beyond in the um you know uh i i and i think it's all sort of important like how young he was at the time you know because the the there is this like high school teen comedy thing where it's like oh this one party is just the most is just everything you know is just the most important um well that's like the video for gin and juice right is the parents go away and there's a house party yeah Right. It's it's you know, it is it is it's the Snoop Dogg teen movie. Right. (laughs) Well, yeah. And and, uh, like all teen movies, it has a uh, it has a safe sex message. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, talk about like the things that, you know, the impressions that this made on us. Like I always, you know, because those may have been among the first first depictions of condoms that I saw. And I always assumed that they were always meant to be deployed in a in like, you know, 10 at a time where there's an indelible image of holding up the entire role and it expanding like, you know, 10 of them. And I'm yeah. like, Oh, that's, it's, it's like, um, it's like a bandolier of bullets. <laughs> and that is the, that is the, the, uh, typical use case, <laughs> um, for this device. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, well, I mean, they were young, Ryan, they were, <laughs> you know, they had that, that 17 year old, um, so, you know. So in terms of the, of the, of the sublimity and kind of, uh, of, of, um, of this, are there other songs that jump out at you, um, that are, are, um, that are, are really good cases of this? I mean, um, if we're, if we're going to talk about lyrics, I, I, I don't know. I feel like we can't, uh, I feel like we can't, um, uh, we can't miss gin and juice. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's a, that, that is a tough thing. I know I, I, uh, hypothesized the idea of sublimity, but I, but it, I would be hard pressed to say like, what is the most sublime of the, uh, what is the most sublime of the, of the tracks on the album? Um, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting thing. I don't know. Do you have an idea? 
Well, no, I mean, let's, let's stay on, on gin and juice and we can kind of keep, keep going from there. I mean, you know, I don't know if you, um, listened to last week's, uh, episode, but we covered all of Illmatic, uh, in order. Uh, and so, oh, I guess uh, we've, yeah, we've done two tracks so far. And so the second, but hey, but hey, we're going in order. The second hour, the second hour of this podcast will be the. Will will be the second hour's podcast will be gin and juice. Um, <laughs> welcome, welcome to our fifteen hour discussion of doggy style. Um, yeah, well, hey, yeah. It, what, what you're saying is that we ain't leaving till six in the morning. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so. I mean, so where where do we start? Do we start with the, the drama in the LBC? Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, uh, th- this is not a depiction of the of the drama in the LBC, right? Like the drama of the LBC is only um, is only invoked in order to uh, it uh, in order in order to sort of throw Snoop Dogg into relief, uh, that, that it's kind of hard being Snoop D O double G, but he's somehow some way keeps coming up with funky ass shit. Like, like every single day, right? Like this isn't uh this isn't a sort of social drama song. This is uh, a two in the morning and the party's still jumping. Cause my mom ain't home. Um, kind of, uh, kind of song. Um, yeah, but it, it does, uh, you know, there is sort of a program like like uh, uh, as uh, Snoop is a good party host, you know, um, yeah. right. And that uh, uh, not and not just because of his his provision of of uh, prophylactics to his homeboys, um, but because he he has like uh, uh, he has something, he, you know, we're going to smoke an ounce to this and you motherfuckers are going to bounce to this. Right. Like he has a, a good hook for uh, for us to. Uh, to listen to and some refreshment, right? Like, uh, uh, anyway. Um, and, and he, uh, he has booze for his friends. Uh, you know, um, he, uh, uh, and, and even if they haven't chipped in for their share, he's gonna, he's gonna share it with them. Um, this is, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a, it's, it's a, a picture not of, um, it's a picture of generosity, right? Mm-hmm. And of sort of uh, hospitality, uh, which is not exactly what not exactly what you'd expect. Uh, and, and you know, like you share your gin, you share your bubonic chronic, you know, um, and uh, and 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 you know, you share, uh, uh, you know, you share the um, women also, which is uh, uh, maybe more problematic, but at least in the context of the song, is meant to meant to, to scan as as a kind of um, a kind of generosity, right? I mean, it's interesting. In, in, it's interesting in contrast to another song of, that is kind of about um, a youthful desire to party, which is uh, the BC Boys fight for your right to party, right? Because you know that is a that's all about. You know the the Beastie Boys, in contrast, are very bad party hosts <laughs> because they're just like screaming about how they they can't party and they never throw the party, <laughs> um, and that I, I you know that. Um, 
you know, and, and I think going back, I think one of the moments of sublimity here is is actually it's very early on, right? Is the somehow, some way I keep coming up with funky ass shit like every single day. Yeah. Right. And that there is something about this, like that that and there are other songs where the drama in the LBC is um is is elucidated, but it, it is that 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 there is this kind of I'm trying to think about this, that there is this part of being Snoop Dogg is making things happen. <laughs> right. Um, and, and that the, the, the generativity of the rapping is also a community generativity, a, a social generativity. Right. Um, and that, uh, and, and so that, right. That, you know, there is rather than you know fighting for the right to party the you know it's just like you know snoop dog knows when and how when and how to make the party happen right um and it's a it's a much more of a you know i guess like you know, the the bc boys are are loudly they're 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 picketing right for the right to party but um like uh, Snoop is waging guerrilla party war, right? And it's just like, well, I wait till my parents aren't home, and then I throw them. <laughs> well, yeah, there's, a, I mean, there's also a sense that, like, talking about a right to party in the sort of, yeah. you know, in the kind yeah. of um, uh, British, right, like, legal tradition, the kind of Anglo-Saxon legal, legal tradition of rights as being something positive that you have to kind of enforce, you know, against uh, against someone who is trying to infringe on the rights. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just just intrinsically sort of combative. Whereas there's it's not a you get the sense that that in gin and juice the party is not an atmosphere of scarcity. It's an atmosphere of abundance. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's a, the party is is abundance, and when there's abundance, you can uh, you can be a little more uptight about about sharing the party. Uh, a little less uptight, I mean, about sharing the party with your uh, uh, with your your crew. Whereas in an atmosphere of scarcity, uh, you you have to be a little more uptight about not sharing um, uh, things because you you may not have enough party you know the 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 um, you may not have enough party to satisfy your own right to it. I mean, so I think that you know you, you mentioned kind of the the possible problematicness of the sharing of the women. I, I think that a song that I want to talk about is a song that is is one of the you know we talk about like how often one listens to songs from this album. When but I one met that, you last night, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it ain't no fun. I, I I was going to I was going to ask, uh, is it fun if the homies can't have have none? As as one of my possible questions as well, um, because this is I mean I think. On an album of very catchy songs, this is among the most, um, and it is. It has this line, right? It, it, like, I mean, it hits the. I mean, right? It it is a. It, uh, there's a lot of right. I mean, like the big kind of key idea. Uh, it like right. You started to sing it, but what Nate Dog sings is um, before you opened up your gap. I had respect for you, lady, but now I take it all back. Yeah, which it, which which is totally the by you know, uh, which is absolutely the best argument for the most succinct argument for feminism, right? <laughs> that, that you could possibly imagine because it's a it's you know the the women are in a double bind or in a no win situation, and that no matter what they choose, right? Like if they if they are not sexual, they're ignored, and if they are sexual, they're devalued, and you know this is. Um, 
uh, the, sort of two untenable, uh, two untenable positions, right? Like, so, so, so how do we square? I mean, maybe this is a way to enter this that we can kind of dig into some of the lyrics if we want to. But how do we square that kind of position and the kind of frequent assertion of um, we don't love them hoes with the presence of, um, you know, of of uh, you know, Lady of Rage early on and throughout the album, um, and I think a number other uh, num- a number of other female rappers throughout. Well, I, uh, I mean, I think um, I think you have to like accept that that you know misogyny is not the most rig- rigorously theorized position uh, to to take, right? And like, it's not. Um, I, and I mean, I think to a, to a certain extent, when you talk about these, like, when you talk about sort of bitches as, as a, like an Mm -hmm. a priori category, you're not talking about anyone, you know, you know, and and I'm not saying you, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm saying like in this, in this discourse, uh, you know, it's, it's almost a, it's almost a kind of, it's almost uh, the most generous reading you could put on it. And I'm not saying you deserve to, you know, because I think that like, you probably shouldn't go around talking like this, but, um, you know, the, the, uh, uh, is that, is that like, you're actually not talking about any flesh and blood women. You're talking about, you know, sort of a, uh, a category. And, and I think that like it honestly, things like this encode more kind of male fear about, uh, the power that women have over you, Hmm. Um, re- you know, uh, more than they do, uh, an actual, like rigorously thought out, you know, um, rigorously thought out position on the actual relations be- among the sexes, mm. right? Like yeah. the, or between yeah. the sexes or, uh, you know, among the sexes, depending on how you count, I suppose the, the, um, right. Like, like, uh, how can you, you know, how can you, uh, uh, respect a female rapper when it's clear that you know you you don't respect women well i i i'm more convinced by giving so much space to a female rapper than i am by the kind yeah. of the immature uh, the immature mouthing off, um, the uh, misogynistic uh, mouthing mouthing off that doesn't uh, that doesn't excuse it, you know, yeah. and that doesn't excuse all the kinds of bad things that can flow from from that when you let it enter a discourse. But um, I, <laughs> well, no, I think it's what really it is. I had it's, respect it's, for your discourse, but now I take it all back. But well, the, right. yeah. well, no, but I, I could put it another way. It's like, yeah, it ain't no fun because it's terrifying, right? <laughs> right? Like because, like, I, I, the underline is right. It, it like it's like, yeah, it like, it, and so it's it, like another way to read this, right? So what, on the one hand, like the kind of service context is so like we will like you know we will share women, we will pass women around, um, we will um, you know uh, uh, we, we will do a lot of things with uh, with our dicks and balls. <laughs> Um, but like, on the other hand, there is like this idea of like, it, it, like I think you're right that like, like it, it doesn't necessarily like, 
it implies that well we ought to have this fun uh, right but it's it's not fight for your right to have fun uh, and for the homies to have some right um in fact like like one possible outcome here is that it is an, it, that it is in fact no fun <laughs> well the the like it a little bit it's like the the all the butt stuff on enter the wu-tang right like the the sort of fixation it's it's almost more you know um the, the point is to sort of talk like this in front of your friends, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, I, this is not uncommon, right? Like to sort of have one discord, especially if you're, if you were ever a boy, right? Like to have one kind of way of talking about women or girls who you might be interested in or whatever among your friends and another way, uh, actually one-on-one with you know one-on-one with any woman you might be interested uh and 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 things and, and like by the way you get in all kinds of trouble when those boundaries are violated by you know by your friend who's jealous of you or something and like wants you know tells some 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 girl something you said about her right and like and and she gets uh uh very hurt and, and with justification right and and mad at you for for uh, uh talking like that right like there there's a uh, the the problem here i think is that the the kind of the the locker room talk <laughs> you know yeah. um uh, happens to be the lyrics of uh of a uh, multi platinum um best selling best selling album which is the, which i think goes to show that well what what we know to be true in the current political climate that like america is more of a locker room than you might um, you know, you might wish it were. And the locker room is inside a doghouse. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's, uh, um, you know, I don't know. Let's, uh, get this podcast back on a leash. I was searching for a metaphor. That's the best I could do on short well, notice. Apparently you're, you're, you're back now at the jack off hour. <laughs> uh, so, w balls. Yeah, so please, whether, uh, you know, uh, let us know. I mean, all, all of you who were who were uh, agitating to hear about doggy style, um, I, we were curious to hear what you thought of it, uh, of our discussion you know, they, of it, and what they, you think of the album. They were agitating for here for uh, West Coast rap. Maybe maybe they had something altogether different in mind, <laughs> and for that we sincerely apologize. <laughs> apparently, yeah. Apparently, we have not lost our ability to alienate and confound. Um, but still, let us know what you what you thought of this and whether any of these larger themes resonate for you. Uh, best place to do that is uh, in the comments on the show notes for this episode. You can also find us on Twitter at TFT Podcast and on Facebook or Theory for Turntables there. Uh, now, whether you're listening to the TFT, uh, whether you're uh, you know dealing with drama in the LBC, or whether your ears are glued to W balls, please remember, until next time, you must keep it real. <laughs>